0: Oh, hi, everybody. My name's Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt-Splaining. Today on the podcast, I have somebody that I was lucky enough to work with fairly recently who just happens to be an expert in an area I feel like I know a lot about, but we're going to find out if that's the case. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert in.
1: Hi, Matt. I'm Archer Rosencrantz, and I believe that I'm an expert in the furry fandom.
0: Excellent. My understanding of the furry fandom is that a lot of people believe that it's a kind of recent development, a recent thing that people have developed and gotten into in the last like 60 years or so with a big tie, like a a lot of people put pins into like Robin Hood, the anapomorphized animals in the Robin Hood movies. Yeah. And I personally believe that it actually goes back further than that. My understanding is that furry fandom goes back as far as ancient Greek myth. It actually develops out of Furies, the Ladies of the Underworld, that would pass judgment on the guilty and determine who should pass away and that sort of thing. And there was kind of a fandom that developed based around them. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a cult, but they kind of focused on that. And then as the cult of Dionysus became more popular, Dionysus, the lower half kind of like animal-human hybrid kind of dynamic, They kind of melded together. So they kind of, the free love, passionate indulgence mentality of Dionysus and this ideas of judgment and guilt, what is appropriate for society who, who is to be judged, kind of melded together into this community that's developed over the centuries, into a community where people have recognized that people should make every attempt they can to be free from judgment and live the life that they want to live, express themselves in the way that they want to be expressed. That puts them in connection with joy and happiness as much as possible. And early examples of this, even going back to Greek mythology, a lot of the monsters, half human, half monster, or half animal hybrids, really, I would say those are some of the first furries that you see in in popular media because you have the Minotaur. I mean that Minotaur. I've I've seen some Minotaur heads that are pretty pretty spot on. You have centaurs. You have so you can make the argument for Medusa in some ways. You have harpies as well. And then in terms of the conventions, I'm I'm my friend Katie has been to several conventions, I believe in Pennsylvania. And she, through talking to her and then doing some of my own research, I've learned that the conventions kind of developed because a lot of the convention owners, I guess, or the people, convention organizers, I would say. So those big event spaces were really worried about the fact that conventions were kind of lame and (laughs) it would always be people in suits or just like polos and they'd be like, oh, so what are you working on? What are you working on? And they're like, we need to liven this up. Are there any communities that we can bring in where people would like (laughs) have fun and enjoy themselves and so they video game conventions and stuff like that but they were like ah this is this isn't exactly what we want we want our employees to be having fun too and so finally they're like oh we have this we have this group i think it'll work and since then there's just been a, a surge in furry fandom because they have these meeting places that they can come to they have this true organization it's not just An ancient Greek cult anymore, or an offshoot of an ancient Greek cult? It's a whole respected community. Based on that description, about how much of that would you say was accurate?
1: I think maybe about ten percent.
0: Okay, that's my love. Okay. (laughs) So, what is your what is your background with the fandom?
1: I've been a part of the furry fandom since I was a kid, since I was 12 years old, is when I designed my first persona, And Sweet. I've been engaged and active with the furry community through events and social media and content creation.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I really loved your theory. I think, I, <laughs> I like if that were true, I would love it. <laughs>
0: thank That's you great <laughs> thank you yeah i i when i was thinking of it i'm like i i legitimately could see somebody believing us
1: absolutely and you know i i feel like you're 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 not that far off a lot of the furry fandom does talk about like furries in ancient culture how anthropomorphic mm-hmm. animals have been a part of ancient culture for a very long time you look at even each ancient egyptian culture right as well with people, anthropomorphic animals. So you're not far off, but the furry fandom as it is today kind of became what it was in the eighties. So 80s. not that long ago, when a lot of a- animated movies were super popular that featured anthropomorphic animals. And by anthropomorphic, I mean animals that exhibit human traits. They walk Mm. on two legs, they can talk, they wear clothes, and they're very cartoony. Once the people that grew up on those kind of got older, they were like, I want to relive that nostalgia. The furry fandom all of a sudden had the internet, which was a great way for people to connect over common interests. And over this shared nostalgia for cartoon animals, furries are basically like super fans of cartoon animals of these anthropomorphic animals. And there's so many types of people that identify as furries. People that love to draw personas. Fursona is your furry persona. Everybody okay. in the fandom has this furry persona mm-hmm. that's kind of, either an original character that's nothing like them or it's them as an animal. People love to draw these personas. They love to write stories about these personas and most commonly love to dress up as them. Mm. Furries are known for kind of the mascotters that walk around dressed as their personas. It's original character cosplay, but with this focus.
0: Right. Oh, I've never heard of it as original character cosplay, but that I feel like that is a perfect encapsulation of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and the furry fandom has the, so many unspoken rules. Well, I guess they kind of are spoken, but you can't make you, a persona that's like somebody else's. You can't copy somebody else's persona, So you'll never see two furries walking around as the same exact character. And these characters are really important to every person and they're known for that character. A lot of people only want to be seen as that character and never do show their faces. The furry fandom is, gosh, full of a lot of performers, amazing Mm -hmm. performers who love to perform in costume. I myself am a mascotter. I was my high school mascot. I was my college mascot. And I know a lot of furries who are professional mascots now, sports mascots are usually all furries under underneath there.
0: (laughs) Thank you for revealing that. That was also a presumption that I had. I didn't necessarily want to articulate that, but I'm like, this seems reasonable, but we'll we'll see if it comes up. The thing that comes to mind with high school mascots, I actually helped. We we had a, we didn't have a gymnastics team. We had a cheerleading team, but we, they needed, they were trying to teach the mascot how to do backflips. And so they're like, hey, they're like, hey, Matt, come over and spot him. I'm like, shouldn't like people that know what they're doing do this? And they're like, no, Matt, you can you can do this. You're a big guy. You can. It'll be fine. They they didn't need it. They were very effective. They were very agile. But anyway, yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is so rad. Yeah. The biggest thing a lot of furries love to do, which is the big kind of draw of furry conventions is furry Mm. dance competitions a lot of furries are dancers Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of furries are really athletic but the dancing scene is huge and doing like choreographed dances in these suits is something a lot of people love to do and it kind of like empowers people to perform Mm -hmm. who would typically feel extremely nervous to perform if it were just them up there but it doesn't right. have to be them. It's their character who's brave and confident and is all of the great things that they want their character to be.
0: Yeah, it's uh, an encapsulation of the self that they want to project in some way. Yeah, That's-
1: it's it's a great community. It's the, the biggest research on the furry community has been done by Fur Science. And mm-hmm. it's, I think the pool right now is 40,000 furries at the moment but the furry fandom is mostly LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. It's become like a super safe space for the queer community, which is super cool. And a very high population of the furry fandom is also autistic, which is, it's also become a really great like safe space for people of all disabilities, but I'm autistic as well. And I find that the furry fandom is full of the most accepting people. And I think a lot of the draw is the bright colors the safe textures, and right. a lot of this stuff that, I don't know, it feels playful and almost comforting. Like, I'm a big stuffed animal person. Mm-hmm. I'm a big cartoon person. These things just, like, make my brain super happy. And I think the furry fandom kind of, like, creates this intersection of people that all enjoy very similar things.
0: just going to make note in case it comes up on the audio. My cuckoo clock agrees with you. Thank you. Uh, Clock. Yeah. So thank you. Clock. It makes a lot of sense to me because it sounds like such a supportive community, but also like with people being in a position where they're trying to present themselves and trying to encapsulate ideas of themselves and like perform and everything like that. They want to be as inclusive as possible and they have to, it, it, there's a aspect of like anticipation of comfort that I don't feel that you would necessarily get in a lot of spaces. I need to express how I need to have comfort. So I need to be able to articulate that to people. And I have to be responsive and receptive to that from other people as well. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I that just seems really beautiful to me.
1: It's it's really cool. The, the, the furry fandom has like a culture of like a lot of hugs, a lot of high fives and getting to know people like, not for who they are underneath, but like this character that they want you to see. And I I think it's, it, it's super empowering because like I, I've always been insanely socially awkward. I mean, being a furry is socially awkward, but like that character has always been everything that like I wanted to be. I always mm-hmm. saw my character as being outgoing and friendly and funny and could make friends easily. And when I put on the suit, I feel like I can be all those things. And I feel like I can walk up to people without feeling nervous about what my face looks like and how I'm standing and like everything, all of the social cue things.
0: Right. It kind of takes those worries and puts them to a side for a while.
1: Totally. And a lot of suitors are also non-speaking. A lot of characters, they don't speak kind of like typical Disney mascots or like Mm -hmm. a lot of mascotters. Some people put whistles in their mouth and kind of communicate and chirps and whistles or sounds. Some people have made electronic fursuits that have voice changers in them.
0: Amazing. That's that's some extra level of resourcefulness.
1: Seriously, a lot of a lot of creativity when it comes to communication.
0: That's so fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with me. I really, I clearly <laughs> didn't know too much, but I feel. I feel like I know quite a bit more now. So, if people wanted to learn more about you or learn about the furry fandom in more detail, where, where would you direct them?
1: Uh, you can check out my stuff at Archie B. Short on TikTok or Stamper Sand on TikTok. That's my furry page. And Fantastic. to learn more about the furry community, I would definitely check out Fur Science. It is an absolutely great resource of amazing research on the furry fandom because there's a lot of misinformation out there and it's great to have the facts.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It seems, hopefully people will listen to more than the first five minutes and they will get, (laughs) I I don't add to more misinformation. That's my biggest concern with this. But, Archer, thank you so much for talking to me today. I, I really appreciate it and I hope you had a good time.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. My name is Matt Stores and this has been Matt explaining